I'd like you to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to be looking at verses 18 uh, today, verse 16 to 18. If you're not sure where 1 Thessalonians is, it's in your New Testament, second half of your Bible, uh, sort of in the back third of your Bible. You're going to find 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 18, or verses 16 to 18. Before we get there this morning, today, I wanted to introduce... Uh, something that we're going to be talking about, not just today, but for the rest of this month and the rest of November. And see, we're starting a series today at Thrive that I'm very, very excited about. The series is called Greater. Everyone say Greater. It's because deep down we believe that every single one of us has a longing for something greater. Maybe you look at what you're doing right now and deep down inside you're like, I wish I was doing something greater. I wanted to make a greater impact. I want to see greater results. Maybe when you look at yourself, deep down you think to yourself, man, I wish I had greater patience to deal with my kids or greater patience to deal with my coworkers. I wish I had greater courage to face that mountain that I'm facing right now. I wish I had you know, greater insight and wisdom to make the decisions I need to make during this season of my life. I wish I had greater peace to get me through the storm that I'm in right now. It's as if each and every one of us, deep down, has this longing to be, do, and experience something greater. It's that we don't want to stay the same. You know, here at Thrive, we have this uh, uh, the saying that we often say, which is the best is yet to come. And, and, and as part of that, I want to tell you today is that here at Thrive, we really believe that there is a greater version of you that wants to rise up from you this coming year. That the best is yet to come. Is that there is a more resilient you. There's a more patient you. There's a more loving you. There's a wiser you. There's a more courageous you. There's a more effective you that wants to rise up this coming year. And that is what this series called Greater is all about, is how do you step into a greater version of yourself this coming year? And I want to talk about how you do that. And I wanted to begin the series today with a message that I've entitled, Grow Around It. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, Grow Around It? grow around it. Let me begin with a little story. See, last year around this time was a very exciting time for us as a church. We were uh, beginning uh, a, a format where we're going to have now not just one service, but two services every Sunday. So a lot of work we're putting into it. We're very excited for those changes. God was expanding our church. At the same time, on a personal level, in my own family, it was a very exciting time because it was around the same time that my wife and I discovered that we were pregnant and that we were due in the summer of 2018 with a brand new baby. And we were super excited. I thought to myself, I'm actually a little bit scared because I haven't changed a diaper in six years. And uh, we were thinking, well, what are, what are the stuff that we need? Can we still remember how to be parents of an infant? And, you know, everything seemed to be going great. We were all so excited when a few months into the pregnancy, one night back in April, Charlene experienced some internal bleeding, some abnormal bleeding. And uh, just to be safe, she went to the, uh, the hospital to get checked out. Uh, she did a bunch of tests at the hospital and at the end of those tests, the doctors told us that, you know, actually most of the baby's uh, tests came out pretty normal. Uh, they didn't know why that abnormal bleeding took place. But then they sat us down and said, uh, there's some news we have for you as well. And they told us something that we didn't expect to hear. So they said that while they were doing an ultrasound scan, they noticed that our baby's neck measured really big. And that when they looked more closely at this baby's neck, that they noticed that there was a very obvious lump inside his throat. They called it a goiter. And because the lump was so large, the doctor was saying that there's a real risk 
that this lump is going to keep him from breathing properly. That this lump is going to compress the trachea, which is the tube through which we breathe. And that it could mean that the baby would not be able to breathe on its own when it's born. When we got this news, we were shocked. All of a sudden, we went from what we thought was a normal pregnancy to what became a high-risk pregnancy, where now every single week we're meeting with a team of specialists to go through the progress that our baby was going through. And the doctors, they explained to us that if the baby's lump does not shrink in size, that they have already planned an exit procedure, which is that when the baby is about to be born, we're going to do a C-section, we're going to take the baby out, we're going to stick a tube into its lung so that it can breathe with some assistance. And so for us, we didn't know what to think when we got that news. And for the next few months, every night, I would lay in bed with my wife, Charlene, beside me. And I'd put my hand on her, on her stomach, and we'd just pray together. And we'd just say, God, in Jesus' name, we pray for healing for this baby. And we pray that this lump would shrink in size to a normal size. We pray that we would have a smooth, natural delivery. We pray for a totally healthy baby to be born at the end of this process. And we just kept on praying that every single night. Were we worried at times? Absolutely. Were we scared at times? Absolutely. But we just kept on praying. And eventually the doctors did this MRI scan on the baby. I still remember sitting in that MRI room. I'd never been through an MRI before. And I'm sitting there with my wife in this big MRI machine. And it sounds like a laundry machine. It's like, and I feel like I'm doing laundry, but we're not doing laundry. We're doing the MRI. And I'm, I'm sitting in that room and wondering what's going to go on. And after a couple hours of this MRI, we come out of that room and the specialist looks at all the photos that were scanned and, 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 and the, the specialist comes to, us, come, comes to us and they say, um, we've got some news for you. Uh, the lump is not shrinking, but the baby is growing. And the baby, in fact, is growing faster than the lump. And because the baby's growing faster than the lump, then we're not going to do the exit procedure. We're just going to try to see how things go if we do it naturally. And praise God, this past July of 2018, our son Caleb was born. And uh, it was a smooth, natural delivery. And Caleb was completely healthy. And yeah. I remember the specialist took him in his arms. He laid him on another incubator bed and started to check him out and started to check out especially the neck area. And he's like, you know, I don't feel any hint of a lump here at all. He is completely, perfectly healthy. And that was such an amazing thing that we're so thankful for. And see, for me, it was a, a, it was a lesson in the power of prayer and the power of faith. But even more than that, there's another lesson that I believe God was teaching me during that time is that it goes back to that moment where we're in that MRI room and that specialist comes up to me and to my wife and he says, the lump is not shrinking, but the baby around it is growing. And when I heard that, I thought to myself, you know, isn't that how God works sometimes? Is that instead of shrinking the problem, sometimes he grows the person around the problem so that by growing the person around the problem the problem is not such a big problem anymore come on give God a big hand here in this place together right now it's not the problem that shrunk it's the person facing the problem that grew 
And see, so often when we face big problems in life, we want God to solve that problem by causing it to disappear. Like, rain, rain, go away, come back another day. We're like, disappear, problem, go away, problem. But I'm learning something about this, is that sometimes the way that God helps us face our biggest problems in life is instead of shrinking the problem, he grows the person around the problem. And see, it's not always the size of the problem that God changes. It's the size of the person facing the problem that God changes. Instead of making our problem disappear, instead he causes a greater version of you to appear. Amen. Amen. And that is why today's message is called Grow Around It. Turn your neighbor once again and say, Grow Around It. Grow Around It. You know, sometimes I find this, you can write this down is that the best way sometimes to get through a problem, a big problem in your life, is to grow around it. And in fact, let me give you a picture that reminds me of that truth, which is this. This is a tree, which is a very large tree now, but you'll notice something is that when this tree was first planted, it was planted underneath a big boulder. And somehow, instead of just disappearing, instead the boulder stayed and the tree had to find a way to grow around it. I have a question for you this morning on Thanksgiving Sunday. Is this, is there a problem in your life today that you need to grow around? Is there a problem in your life today that is not going away anytime soon? Where there's no quick fix? that it's a problem that's a little bit beyond your control where no matter what you do or even how much you pray, it's still there and there's nothing much you can do to change it or get rid of it. If that's you, then you've got a problem today that you need to grow around. Maybe you're here today and you're new to the city. That you just moved from another country or another city and, and you're, or you're in a new environment, new school, new workplace. Everything is new right now for you and the environment is not changing for you you have to find a way somehow to grow around it. You know, maybe you're here in this place and there's some uncertainty in your future. You're waiting for a door to open, but it's not opened yet. You're waiting for some test results to come and you're still waiting to this day. You're waiting for someone to give you an answer, yes or no, to a question that you've asked them and you haven't gotten any answer yet. And no matter how many phone calls you make, no matter how many letters you write, no matter how many texts you send, all you can really do is just sit and wait. You have a problem you need to grow around. You know, maybe there's someone in your life right now who's actually, if to be really honest, is being really difficult right now. It's maybe someone you live with, maybe someone you work with, and it's just really difficult to deal with that person, and no matter how much you want to, you can't change that person. And you think to yourself, man, this is a problem. I need to grow around. Maybe there's a past hurt in your life, or maybe someone did something to you, said something to you recently or maybe long ago that still has an impact on you to this day. And maybe that person hurt you badly or maybe you hurt that person badly and you've carried the guilt of that for a long time and, and you can't change the fact that that happened and now you're trying to figure out how do I grow around this? See, sometimes the best way to get through a problem, especially a problem that's not going away anytime soon, is to grow around that problem. How do you grow around a problem that is not going away? See, that's what we're all here to talk about today. That's what we're here to talk about over these next seven weeks. It's in a series that we've called Greater. And if you want to learn how to grow around your problem, if you want to learn how to step into a greater version of yourself this coming year, then I'll encourage you, don't just come today to Thanksgiving service and have turkey with us, but come next week. Come the week after. Come for all seven weeks. Because I believe if you do, you're going to be so encouraged. You're going to be so blessed. And you're going to be fully equipped to 
grow around the problem that you may be facing today. Come on, if you believe that, give God a big hand, a big shout in this place right now. Amen. Turn to neighbor and say, it's time to grow around it. It's time to grow around it. It's time to grow around it. And so this morning, really quick, I wanted to end this morning by talking about one of the keys to growing around a problem. And this is appropriate because it's Thanksgiving weekend that we get to talk about this. Why don't you write this down? If there's nothing else that you get from me today, would you please get this and write this down? When you're facing a problem that is not going away, grow around it with gratitude. When you're facing a problem that's not going away, grow around it with gratitude. You know, let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 together. It's one of the shortest verses in the New Testament, but it's one of my favorite verses in the New Testament. Look at verses 16, 17, 18 with me. One, two, three, it says, breathe it with me. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. See, how do you grow around a problem with gratitude? Let me tell you two ways you can do that, and we're going to close this morning. Number one, if you want to grow around a problem with gratitude, number one is focus on the good. Focus on the good. Turn to your neighbor and say, focus on the good. You know, when, when Charlene and I got married, one of the first big decisions we made as a couple together was we decided that we were going to move from Vancouver, where we had met, to Taiwan, where, fa- where Charlene's family was. And I'd never been to Taiwan before. You got to understand something about my background is that I grew up in Vancouver. In fact, I was born at Richmond General Hospital. And I've just grown up in Vancouver all my life. When my parents wanted to talk to each other in a way that me and my sister could not understand, their secret code language was Mandarin. And so they would speak in Mandarin because we grew up speaking English. And that's how they kept all their secrets from us, by speaking Mandarin. I didn't speak any Mandarin. In fact, I just knew two words. In Mandarin, uh, you know, there, there's, there, there's the word dui which means uh, uh, correct. And then there's the word which means not correct. And I just know those two words. And, and, and so, but despite knowing next to nothing, we decided when it came to, when it came to Mandarin, when, despite not knowing almost no Mandarin at all, we decided, Charlene and I, that we're going to go to this Mandarin-speaking place called Taiwan. And I thought to myself, oh, it's going to be okay. It's only nine months. You know, God is with us. Everything's going to be fine. And so we went in faith. We moved to Taiwan. But soon I realized that life in Taiwan was going to be a lot harder than I thought. Um, One morning I decided that I was going to finally, for the very first time, order breakfast for myself uh, in this foreign land. And I was going to use my very best broken Mandarin to do so. So I went downstairs to this breakfast stand uh, at the bottom of the apartment where we lived. I I get to the counter and I I, I go up to the the person at the counter and I say in my very best broken Mandarin, I said, almost like clutching a textbook, I said, uh, which uh, means I want to eat some pan-fried dumplings, please. And, uh, and I, I said it, and she said, uh, and really quick, she said, and, and, and I, had no idea, I had no idea what she said. Um, and I was like, uh, and I figured maybe she's asking me how many dumplings I want to eat. And so I just started counting on two hands. Uh, I was like, uh, 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 12, 12. And she said, oh, and then I was like, ah, uh, ah, uh, day, day. And, 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 and so at the end of the day, you know, I, I didn't come home that day with 12 dumplings. On that day, I came home with 144 dumplings. It was a big breakfast and far more than I needed. But, but see, here's the thing. It wasn't just the language barrier that was a struggle for me. I don't know if you know this, but when I was, in, when I was living in Taiwan, I was always sick. 
I was always sick. I didn't need an alarm clock to wake me up because I would sneeze myself awake every single morning at 5 a.m. I'd be sleeping. And, and that's how I would wake up every morning. And, and, you know, it was one of those things where I'd go to work and I'd, I'd go to work with, you know, all these tissue packs in my pocket, you know, those cellophane tissue packs I'd put them in my pocket. And at night, late at night, I'd come home from work and I'd deposit all these snowballs into my garbage can because those snowballs were the tissue papers that I'd use to wipe some part of my body during the day. It was just something that I did because I was always sick. I remember I'd go to the doctor every single month and every single month the, the doctor would say, foreigner, you are here again. And he's like, why are you still here? What's wrong with you? And all I could say is, hey, I, didn't, I had no idea. And, you know, it, well, not just that, but, you know, I, when, I was, uh, when I was in Taiwan, I was working at, at a law firm and long hours, very heavy overtime culture. I remember that first month of working there, I couldn't wait to see my paycheck, wondering how much did the, the company decide to pay me. I went to the bank where they deposited my, my, my salary, and I, I went up to the, the bank account machine, and I looked at my salary, and I was like, yes, $40,000! But then I was like, wait, that's not $40,000 Canadian. That's $40,000 in new Taiwan currency. And I went from woo to ow. No, 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 no. And, and it was one of those things where eventually when I looked at how busy we were, when I looked at how my health was doing, when I looked at how little money I thought I was making, when I looked at how dumb I felt being a foreigner in a place that was so unfamiliar to me where I don't speak the language, I thought to myself, man, life would be so much easier if we just moved back to Vancouver Oh, could we just move back to good old Vancouver where the sun is always shining, where, where it's never raining, you know, you know where, where, where you know, the money is always flowing and people understand what I'm saying and, you know, my favorite music's always playing and the dog never poos and the cat never pees. And, and you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where when you're having a bad time in life, you know how, how you tend to idolize the, the grass on the other side? And, and you go kind of like, the grass is greener on the other side. No, the grass is never greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. And the fact is, I just simply wasn't watering the grass called the place where I was at, called Taiwan. I wasn't watering it. In fact, I was just focused on everything that was wrong at the time. I was like, oh, can we just go back to Vancouver now? Please, Shark, come on, can we do that now? Because the fact is, I didn't feel like Taiwan was green grass. I felt like it was a prison for me. I felt like every day I'm just counting down the days before I could finally be free. And you know, I'd, I'd, count, I'd, I'd be like, okay, 12 more months and then we're going to be gone. 11 more months, I'll be gone. 10 more months of, of, of going here and I'll be gone. And, and, and it was one of those where I just kind of counted it down like a prison sentence until when could I finally be free. You know, it was a really depressing time. It was depressing for me. Because I was in such a bad place, I made it very depressing for my wife and for my family around me. And see, one day I, I'm listening to a sermon by a pastor. And he said something so simple, but I'll never forget it. He said, every day, find one thing to be thankful for. Every day, find one thing to be thankful for. And th I thought to myself, you know, I, I have nothing to lose. I might as well try it. And so I remember I woke up the next morning, sneezed myself awake. Achoo! I sit by my bed, and I try to find one thing to be thankful for. And at first, it was tough. At first, I'm like, what's there to be thankful for? I'm sick. I'm making like next to nothing. You know, I, I, you know, I, I'm, you know I'm, I'm far away from my family. I can't speak the language. What is there to be thankful for? But then as I sat there and I just kind of th think of one thing to be thankful for, I just started with really, really think simple things. Like, God, thank you, that, thank you that I'm alive today. Thank you that I've got two hands that work. You know, thank you God, that I got a job. It's not the highest paying job, but thank you that it's a job. 
You know, thank you for my wife who puts up so much with me. Thank you for my family that loves me unconditionally. Thank you there's food on the table. Sometimes more food because I ordered wrong. You know, uh, thank you for, you know, thank you for my church. You know, I know it's a bit far from where we're living, but, you know, and there's, there's a distance there, but, but, but you know, I, I, it's where we call home. It's the place where I can develop my gifts and, and discover my calling, and, and God is working there. Thank you for that. And you know what's funny is that when I changed my focus from thinking of everything that was wrong to the things that were good, all of a sudden I realized that, you know what, life was not nearly as bad as I was making out to be. That in fact, when I changed my focus from everything that was wrong to everything that was right and good about my life, I started to enjoy my life again. To the point where when it came time to leave Vancouver, or not leave Vancouver, but to leave Taiwan, I didn't want to leave anymore. What happened there? It's not that my circumstances so much needed to change. It was my attitude. It was my focus that needed to change. All this time, I'd been focused on everything that was wrong, and as a result, I was miserable, and it made life miserable for the people around me. But when I decided to focus on the good, it was so much easier to enjoy my life again. It was so much easier to persevere through the tough times. It was so much easier to be a blessing to others, because I had something to give. It was so much easier to grow around my problem instead of constantly just complaining about it. Give God a big hand here in this place together right now. That's the power of gratitude. And maybe you're here in this place today, and if you had to be really honest with yourself, you've been complaining a lot. Under your breath or even publicly, you've been complaining about your life, you've been complaining about your wife, you've been complaining about your husband, you've been complaining about your kids, you've been complaining about your situation, you've been complaining about all the things that you think are wrong about your city, all the things that are wrong about the people around you, and you think, I'm so stressed, I'm so tired, I'm so busy, I'm so unhappy, and you think that maybe, just maybe, the solution is to leave. The solution is to change your environment, to change your circumstances, to change your spouse, to change your kids, if you could. You, you just think those ways. And maybe, just maybe, today, God is here to remind you the most important thing that needs to change is your focus. Is your focus. To your neighbor and say, it's your focus. That instead of focusing on everything that is wrong, you want to focus on everything that's good. And that's right. It's not in your screen, but Philippians chapter 4 says, you know, whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is admirable, if anything's excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things and the God of peace will be with you. It's about focusing on what's good. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Would you read it with me one more time? What does it say? Read it with me loud. It says, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If you have your Bibles in front of you, I want you to take your pen or highlight it somehow on your phone. I want you to underline one very small but very important word. That word is in. In. Everyone say in. See? Notice verse 18 doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances. It says give thanks in all circumstances. See, there's a difference. God doesn't expect you to give thanks for everything. There are certain things that you would never, never give thanks for. You know, if, if you broke your leg while skiing, you wouldn't be like, oh, God, thank you for the pain. Thank you that my leg is just all just like weirded out right now. And thank you, God, that I can't walk. And you're not going to say those things. It's absurd. God doesn't ask you to give thanks for everything, but he tells you to give thanks in everything. Because even in the toughest, most painful, most difficult situations that you will ever face in life, there is always something to be thankful for. 
And you might be like, well, JB, well, what is there to be thankful for? You know, what, what can I be thankful for right now? You, don't, you have no idea what happened to me. Let me give you a few suggestions. You know, you can, if something bad happened to you, you can thank God that nothing worse happened. If something bad happened to you, you can thank God for the people who were there for you to support you during that time. You know, if something bad happened to you, you can thank God that when we were separated from him because of our sin, when we had no way of reaching him, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have a relationship with him, so that no matter what kind of hell on earth you may be going through, your home is in heaven. And see, you know, that's one of the things. And I, I know this talk, we're talking about thanks and gratitude, but I, I can't help but when I talk about thanks and gratitude, talk about Jesus, because Jesus is the one who makes me grateful more than anyone else. Do you know that Jesus, he conquered our two biggest problems that we'll ever face in life, sin and death. He conquered sin when he died on the cross for our sins. He conquered death when he rose again from the grave. So that with, And if Jesus has conquered, if Jesus has conquered, come on, give God a big hand in this place. If Jesus has conquered your two biggest problems in life, sin and death, then you can absolutely thank Jesus that he's going to be with you through whatever season of life you are in right now. He will never leave you, forsake you. He is always with you. His grace is sufficient for you. There's something to thank God for in every situation. And so here's a question for you today. Could it be that the reason why you are miserable these days could it be because you're focused on the wrong thing? Could it be that you're making life so much harder for yourself than necessary and so much harder for those around you than necessary all because you're focusing on what is wrong instead of what is right? See, when you focus on everything that's wrong, you know what happens? You shrink. You shrink into this much smaller, much more, much weaker, much more hopeless, much more insecure, much more frustrated, much more difficult to deal with version of yourself. That's what happens when you focus on everything that's wrong. But when you focus on everything that is good, you step into a greater version of yourself. You step into a greater, more resilient, more patient, more persevering, more loving, more thankful, more stronger version of yourself. You grow around your problem instead of complaining about it. If you believe that, say amen. 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 That's the first thing we want to do if we want to grow around a problem. Is this helpful in this place this morning? Let me end today with one final point on how you can grow around a problem with gratitude. Number two, write this down. Remember that gratitude is not just a feeling. Gratitude is a choice. Gratitude is a choice. It's not just a feeling. First Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Read it with me loud voice. You're going to read this so many times that you're going to be able to memorize it. It's great. Read it with me. One, two, three. It says, be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ." Jesus. You know, if you have your Bibles, I want you to circle or underline one more word. I want you to underline the word give. Everyone say give. Notice that verse 18 doesn't say feel thankful in all circumstances. It says give thanks in all circumstances. See, Charlene and I, we just celebrated our 15th wedding anniversary last month. Praise God for that. And uh, oh, come on, you can give God a better hand than that. I'm super thankful for that. Yeah, we got married 15 years ago when we were 13 years old because we're forever 28, praise God. Um, but uh, in celebration of our 15th wedding anniversary, uh, I remember I was making a gift for Char, writing a card, 
Um, and the reason why I was doing that wasn't so much because I was so overwhelmed with all this thanks and all that stuff. It's just because, you know, I, I, I want to be a good husband. I think that's going to bless my wife. Not a whole lot of feelings associated with it. It was just, you know, this is, this is a good thing to do. I, wanna, I love her. I want to I do it. How many of you guys know that love and feelings are not necessarily the same thing? Amen. So love is not just a feeling, amen? It's also a choice. It's a commitment. It's an attitude. And, and so, you know, it was just one of those really busy times for us. And so, you know, I was like, it wasn't because I was overwhelmed with so much thanks, gushing because, you know, Silas made me cry when he sang or, or gushing because I'm so thankful and I'm crying. No, no, it was one of those things where I'm just, okay, let's do it. It's Thanksgiving or it's, it's, our, it's, our, it's our anniversary. Let's do it. And I'm writing this card and I'm looking at all these pictures on my computer of us over the past 15 years. And as I'm doing that, as I'm choosing to give thanks, something happens. That as, I'm, as I'm writing this card, I didn't feel it when I first made the decision to give thanks. But as I'm giving thanks, I'm starting to get overwhelmed with thanks, thankfulness. I'm starting to get overwhelmed with this feeling of, man, I am the luckiest guy in the world to be married to Charlene. That she is such an amazing woman, and I am so blessed to have her in my life. And I, I started to tear up. I started to cry a little bit. And, and it was one of those things where did Charlene change all of a sudden while I was writing the card? No. She was amazing before I wrote the card. She was amazing while I was writing the card. And she is amazing after I wrote the card. What changed was I decided to give thanks. And it's, you're going to find this, is that if you're always waiting for a feeling of thankfulness to overwhelm you before you ever say a word of thanks to anyone, you know what? You will very rarely ever give thanks because that's not how thankfulness works. Thankfulness is not just a feeling. Thankfulness is a choice. And when you choose to say, no matter how I feel, I'm going to give thanks today. You're going to find as you make the choice to rejoice, as you choose an attitude of gratitude, regardless of how you feel at first, when you do that, the feelings of thanksgiving will follow you. Amen. Amen. Some of you today, the reason why you're so unthankful is because you've always thought that thankfulness is a feeling. It's not just a feeling. It's a choice. Every single day, you want to choose an attitude of gratitude. That's why coming to church is so helpful, is that even when you don't feel like singing, even when you don't feel like praying, you say, you know what, I'm going to go give thanks anyways, and I'm going to, and as a result, so many people, they find that they might have been arguing with their, their husband or wife before they got to church. They're holding hands when they leave the church. It's because when you choose to give thanks, then the feelings will follow. Every day, choose an attitude of gratitude. You know, since Caleb was born in July, just a few months ago, we had a lot of fun watching Caleb grow up. And uh, one thing is that he's got a lot of hair. A lot of hair. Uh, and without really trying, we find that uh, his hair comes in different versions. Uh, even for almost every bath we give him, his hairstyle changes. And, and so I, I just thought I would show you a few pictures, and I thought I would introduce his different versions of his hairstyle using Caleb's voice. Is that okay? Okay? You're like, oh, he can talk already? No, he doesn't talk yet, but I've got this voice that I use for him. It's kind of a pretend voice just for fun. Is that okay? You guys, you guys will think I'm really weird, but here you go. So his voice kind of sounds like this. He was like, hi, everyone. My name is Caleb, and this is my... This, these are my hairstyles. This is what I call my middle-aged businessman look. Not a lot on the top, but a lot on the sides. This next one is what I call my Beethoven look. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. This next one is what I call my punk rocker look. Look how my bangs are totally vertical. 
I'm ready to rock and roll. Finally, this is my Asian model look. Pretty stylish, eh? Can we give God and give, give Caleb a big hand in this place right now? All right, praise God for that. Some of you who are here the first time are like, man, this pastor is weird. But let me tell you this, is uh, which version of Caleb's hair do you like the most? Which one's your favorite? Uh, for me, I, I like them all. It's, it's tough for me to decide. I don't know which one is the greater version, but here's the thing. Why do I mention these different versions of Caleb's hair? It's because this. Similar to Caleb's hair, which has many different versions, I'm going to tell you today that there are many different versions of you, even in a day. Is that there's the patient version of you, there's the irritable version of you. You know that one, right? There's the very courageous version of you. There's the fearful version of you. There's the wise version of you. There's the foolish version of you. There's the very careful version of you. There's the careless version of you. Can I tell you what is the greatest or the greater version of you? The greater version of you is the grateful version of you. The greater version of you is the grateful version of you. It's the version when you're at your best. It's the version when you love people the most. It's the version that people like the best as well. You'll find that the grateful version of you perseveres a lot better under pressure. The grateful version of you enjoys life so much more and doesn't take little things for granted. The grateful version of you is so much easier for others to deal with and to work with and to live with. The greater, the grateful version of you is able to bless more because you have more to give. The grateful version of you finds itself growing around a problem instead of just complaining and being overcome by a problem. That is the greater version of you. It's the grateful version of you. Amen. And since you get to choose your attitude, your attitude is a choice. Since you get to choose your attitude, since you get to choose which version of you you're going to be, choose the grateful version of you. One last time, let's read 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. We're going to end. It says, be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Last thing to underline today, if you have your pens, if you have your phones, highlight these words. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. See, the grateful version of you is the version God made you to be. It's for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God is not neutral about your attitude. He made you to be the grateful version of you. And so my question for you as we end this morning is this. How much are you living out the grateful version of you? How much are you living out the greater version of you, which is the grateful version of you? If you would focus on the good, if you would make the choice to rejoice and choose an attitude of gratitude every day, you're going to find that by God's power, you're going to step into a greater version of yourself. You're going to find that you're not just complaining about your problems, but you're learning to grow around them. You're going to find when you choose an attitude of gratitude, you focus on the good, that you can always say no matter what you're facing today, that the best is yet to come. If you receive that, give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now. I said give God a big hand, a big shout in this place right now, church. Would you stand to your feet and turn to your neighbors around you, in front of you, behind you, give them a high five and say, the, grateful, the greater version of you is the grateful version of you. Amen. Amen. Well, you guys have been awesome. We're going to ask the worship team to lead us in a song, then we're going to pray, and then we're going to eat, all right? And so we're going to look forward to having a great Thanksgiving uh, meal together. But he, hopefully you've already felt that you've got a, be, a bit of a meal already, amen? And uh, we're just going to sing this song together and lead you in prayer.
Right now, I want to lead you in a chance to respond to God through prayer. I'm going to invite you to bow your heads and to close your eyes. Before we pray, there's a question I want to ask you in this place. Today, the message I've shared with you is called Grow Around It. And my question for you is, is there a problem in your life today that you need to grow around? Maybe it's a problem beyond your control, a problem that's there, been there for a while, a problem where no matter what you do, it seems that you have to deal with that problem in some kind of way. If you want to learn to grow around that problem and grow around it with gratitude, then I want to pray for you today. Maybe you're here today and you realize that you've been focused on all the wrong things lately, that you've been really depressed and really hopeless about life because your focus has been wrong. It's not so much because your circumstances are that hard, but it's because your focus has been wrong. Today, I'm going to encourage you on Thanksgiving Sunday to take a step of faith and say, God, help me focus on what's good. Help me to choose an attitude of gratitude. Because when you step into the, the, the grateful version of you, you step into the greater version of you. You start to grow around your problem. If that's you in this place, you know God's speaking to you. Don't worry about what your neighbor's doing, but why don't you just lift your hand to God today. Lift your hand to heaven today. And just from your heart, I just going to encourage you in your own words to start to talk to God today. Talk to God about what you learned this morning. Talk to God about where you're at today. Choose an attitude of gratitude. Give Him thanks. Don't wait to feel it. Give Him thanks today. And let's give Him thanks right now. Let's all pray aloud together in this place. From your heart, you just start talking to God right now, church. Come on. Start talking to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Don't worry about what your neighbor's doing right now. You just, you just thank God right now. You just choose an attitude of gratitude right now. You just enjoy His presence right now. Start talking to God today. He loves you. He's listening. He's with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. If you want to step into the greater version of you, that is the grateful version of you, I want you to lift your hands to heaven. Let the height of your hands reflect how much you need him today. And repeat this prayer after me today. You can say, Heavenly Father, I need you. Thank you for showing me that when I focus on the good, when I choose an attitude of gratitude, I start to grow around my problem. I enter into a greater version of who you made me to be. And so today, I ask you, help me every day to choose gratitude, to focus on the good, and to step into the grateful version of me because when I do I'm not going to just complain about my problem I'm going to grow around my problem and the best is yet to come in Jesus name I pray amen 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 give God a big hand together right now